0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the INSEAD Ideas in Motion podcast. I'm your host, Anja Marengwala. For today's episode, I'm excited to introduce Tim, the co-founder of INSEAD. Tim is a two-time food tech entrepreneur, and among just a few foreign entrepreneurs, he successfully launched his startup in China, where his business developed nutrition products in Europe for the Chinese market. Tim previously ran Asian operations for InnovaFeed, a global leader in black soldier fly protein. He has studied in Amsterdam, China, and holds an MBA from INSEAD, class of 19J. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the podcast. Very excited to have you here.
1: Hi, Jim. Very nice uh, to be on the podcast, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to explain a little bit about our company, INSEAD, and a little bit about our at least my journey and entrepreneurial journey at NCAT.
0: Of course, I think a lot of uh, students are very excited to hear what you have to say about this. So, really excited to have you on. Uh, to kick things off, can you tell us a little bit about um, yourself, your your journey, and just a little bit about NCAT in general?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I am um, uh, 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 I'm from Holland, born and raised in Holland. I actually hold uh, dual nationality, Dutch and Samoan, which is kind of an odd combination. Um, By background, I had an undergraduate in um, studying Asia business in Amsterdam. Uh, Then I went to China for a year to study Chinese. Um, At the time I was studying my undergraduate, uh, I had a business already, um, selling office furniture uh, online, like an e-commerce business. Then when I moved to China, So I was there, I was there when I was 21, I set up a second business, which is an infant nutrition business. Um, I ran that for seven years uh, until 2018. Um, And in 2018, I decided to not, I I didn't want to stay in the milk and dairy industry for the rest of my life. And I wanted to do something that is actually good for the world, had some some impact. So I had the idea of doing uh, something with insect protein uh, a much more sustainable protein than milk proteins. Uh, and it was just an idea. Uh, and then I went to uh, went to INSEAD and developed it and eventually created uh, INSEAD out of it. So what we do at Insect is we take waste products from the palm oil industry. Um, That's stuff that otherwise is thrown to landfill, uh, emitting huge amounts of greenhouse gases. Uh, so we take these waste products. We have insects that eat it. Eliminating the greenhouse gases, and then we process the insects into three products: a protein, a lipid, and a fertilizer. And protein is used for uh, aquaculture feed and mainly as an ingredient in shrimp feed. And the oil is uh, sold to the animal feed industry, and the fertilizer goes into uh, into agriculture. Agriculture uses fertilizer. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of our, our business and um, we've been uh, running this since um, um, Well, since, uh, we've been thinking and kind of operating on the background for quite a, quite a while, but we raised our first round of funding 12 months ago, so that was Q1 of 2021. Um, before that, so in between INSEAD and, and the fundraise, I actually worked at a, a European insect protein company um so uh, i was there for a year approximately um so i was quite familiar with the industry already and decided that it was the right time to to do this kind of completely independently and set up inseact as we are today
0: Very cool. It's definitely a very hot market. And the size of the global aquaculture market, it's massive, almost $300 billion, right? So most of the concentration is actually in Asia. And so is that the main reason that you decided to launch Inseact in Singapore or were there other factors involved as well?
1: Yeah, no, what you said is that you're completely right. I think um, 93% of global uh, uh, aquaculture volumes is in Asia. So for us, selling into aquaculture space, of course, we had to be in Asia, um, but there are, are different reasons as well. When we started insect, we looked at every place in the world, world, and um, we screened the location on a couple of criteria. Uh, one of them is the, as you mentioned, the aquaculture market. Uh, second is the feedstock. So, what can you what can you give these insects? And we screened the market on many different uh, parameters. Uh, and at the end of this analysis, we realized that waste products from the palm oil industry make most sense. So palm oil industry is in uh, Malaysia and in Indonesia, like 90, 95% of the global market is there. This is a waste product that we can perfectly use and is a big, big uh, uh, environmental kind of emitter of greenhouse gases, as I mentioned. So we thought as the ideal product and the ideal waste that we can feed these insects on. Third. Uh, a third reason why we're here in Asia is that the insects that we're raising is a, it's a tropical species. They uh, they are most comfortable at a 28 to 32 degrees Celsius temperature with very high humidity. So here in Singapore and in Southeast Asia, we can actually raise these insects uh, without the use, without the need to let's say heat our sites. Uh, many of the larger companies that have been very Successful in the industry are all European, and they are seeing huge um, utility bills because they have to heat these sites. You know, you can imagine um, uh, northern France or in Netherlands where it gets really cold in the winter, snowy outside, and they have to heat up these big factories. So also, that doesn't make any sense, especially if you're an environmental, uh, environment-driven company. And that's another reason why we are setting up sites here in Southeast Asia.
0: Mm. And what was really cool was uh when uh, I was in Singapore just a few weeks ago, uh I along with a lot of other uh, NCAD MBA students got to visit the facilities in Singapore and I know everyone really enjoyed doing that just obviously being really interested in the company but then also being able to see someone who just graduated a few years ago um starting out at the NCAD Venture Competition being able to build something so cool and so large in just a couple of years. So I think a lot of people would really love to hear about your um ivc journey at insead and how you decided to enter the competition what kind of uh made you want to go for it and um how did you uh what was that whole process like
1: yeah so getting coming into insead and i'm a 19j so i started in 2018 um, in september getting into um, the nba i had the idea of doing something with insect protein but i'm sure many students have ideas and i also had a couple of ideas and i thought let's give it a go right so i uh, i remember the first week or second week it was the startup of boot camp and um it's the first time where i pitched the idea and not knowing if <laughs> if anyone likes it but it turns out some people were they said like yeah, that's a good idea and we actually won the the startup boot camp that weekend. i think you'll want it as well right uh we 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 we, we won a prize you know <laughs> it's, a, it's a very small thing but Thought maybe there's something to it so then we went to do the inside adventure competition and by that time it was just me and a couple of classmates um, so when we did the inside adventure competition we um, uh, we we had a, a group of people and some were really into it including myself and put in a lot of effort and time and energy to to go through the process of the inside adventure competition but I actually also with goal in mind uh, in the back of their minds that maybe this could be something for real right and so it's got quite serious and we spend a lot of time at least some of us spend a lot of time um, uh, working on insect uh, as kind of a student project potentially this could be become a business but also just you know trying to do our best in a student project but then we won the ivc uh, and then we thought okay we're getting a little bit of extra momentum again you know we won forty thousand euros and uh, then i kind of made the decision to myself uh also comment, having a background in entrepreneurship already i thought you know like this there's a lot of momentum here i should i should be doing this for real um then though uh, i also realized that maybe there's uh, some gaps in my background and knowledge that i'm missing especially on the insect protein space it's a very new space and not, not many people have a uh, background in that so I actually uh, decided, okay, let's work together with another company for a little bit, which I did, and then um, made the uh, decision to, um, to set up our company, as I mentioned, uh, as a you know as an independent company. Yeah, the, me and me and one of my former classmates running the run new company at the moment.
0: When you were going through the IVC, were all the classmates, all the people that you were working with, on the same page as you, or w- that they wanted to do this in the future, post NCIAD, if if everything was successful, or did some people view it as just this is a cool project? I'm I'm in- interested in the industry, and um, you know that's about it. I'm doing it for the experience.
1: Well, I think um, uh, overall, uh, I think we were very serious about it, and everybody. Um, Everybody said that you know let's really do it, and we really want to do this uh, after the NCAA MBA. However, rationally speaking and also statistically, um, most companies, uh, sorry, most students would uh, be looking for uh, looking for a job, right? And and that, to be honest, makes most sense. Um, so within our group, we made kind of commitment, saying, okay, uh, we are going to be treating this project uh, for real as if we are actually gonna be starting this, but also knowing that, you know, we are not gonna force everybody into this project and it's gonna be from themselves, right? Um, mm-hmm. But we made, a, we made a commitment amongst ourselves that we have to be really serious about this. Uh, and we agreed that without that very serious level of commitment, we wouldn't get very far in the IVC as well. So I think we were really serious about it. It's true, some more than others. Uh, but that's normal, I think, in, in student groups. Um, but the mm-hmm. kind of level of energy that we put in, level of commitment, you know, th- also, I think, converted into a, a pretty good um, project that we presented at the IBC. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and you said, you mentioned you want it. You won some uh, money uh, initially from IBC. And then you also, last year, you mentioned you raised uh, you raised fundraise, fundraising um, yeah. for NC Act. How did that fundraise go? What were some of the big challenges that you encountered um, when trying to raise money?
1: Right. So the, um, um, the fundraise pro- process started a little after COVID happened. Um, so it was then when we started looking around. Um, so that was a uh, mid-2020 or something like that. Um, and, and to be honest, the, the global... Uh, global climate uh vc climate at that time was that many uh many funds just decided not to move their money at all and maybe save some of their portfolio companies and that's about it uh, so the first couple of months we uh we um we realized that uh, this is this is going to be a bit tougher than than we had imagined uh but then we also um kind of uh, went into our own kind of personal Relations, and, uh, and we were very fortunate that uh, we had funding of um, um, some 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 uh, family offices that there uh, and the family also offices of some some friends, some personal friends of mine who uh, who decided to put in some money. and Later, we also uh, were uh, very fortunate to have the backing of the Asian Development Bank, uh, which is a major financial institution, and typically really really hard to get these such a large. Um, uh bank uh to to put in any money at <laughs> such an early stage yeah. and, but we we got them on the cap table and after that uh, a lot of others wanted to get in and we actually had to uh, we had we were actually oversubscribed at that time because we were just targeting one million um
0: probably once so it, the first big one goes then a lot of them follow yeah. after
1: yeah it's a typical story of kind of uh, you know investors are, are cheap <laughs> uh, yeah uh, and but a bit, it sounds funny but and actually the, the, what I just described is true, right? Like, um, uh, not that investors are cheap, but investors they did they, they re- realize that somebody else put a lot of time and effort into it. And if a, a, uh, an investor like the Asian Development Bank has put, put in money, then um, you know, uh, then there would be a, already a certain level of uh, due diligence um, executed on the uh, on the company, and that gives us a bit of credibility, obviously. Um, so that has helped quite a lot.
0: Did you find that the due diligence was extremely thorough? Because I, I just think about the market, the insect protein market in general, it's, it's such a hot space. It feels like investors are just waiting to throw in money into that space. So did you find it was, the diligence was, was pretty intense from that way or the eventually like once they found out about the industry, they just kind of got on board a little quicker than you would have
1: expected. Um, it uh, really depends on the, uh, on the investor. So um some of the investors um were very quick um they listened to uh basically one coffee and that's it um others were more thorough um and some uh some also you know the insect space is very new that's hot but it has been existing for a couple of years so you know we have to really um, be able to communicate how we are different uh, from mm-hmm. the companies that have been operating in the space for, for a couple of years and, um, um, and 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 that was quite important to some of the investors um and it's mm-hmm. similar to what i said i think Asian development bank for example they took a long time they they um, uh, they go because it's such a big institution uh, a lot of um, there's a lot of very high and deep level of due diligence is required uh, mm-hmm. so that process took a long time but then other yeah. investors were quite quick and they're just really excited on the space itself uh, and they had talked to many and also the Asian development they have talked to all the um, all the new kind of upcoming players or the players that have also been like four or five years old in the space in this part of the world and decided mm-hmm. to put in money uh, with, with INSEAC, uh which, which we're very happy about of course because to us as a company we're trying to grow quicker be more scalable um, than, and, and have a, basically a business, better business model than our competition. And, and I think that's you know, the fact that they put in money uh, after the, the thorough market analysis is, is kind of testament to that.
0: What about your future fundraising plans? What are the funds going to be used for? And, um, what are you thinking of that in terms of timeline?
1: Yeah. So actually, um, uh, we're going to be raising a round of funding, uh, in the next, uh, several months. Um, I hope this, this podcast is going to age well. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, so that, is, but that's the, kind of the, you know, what we are, uh, we're going to be doing. We're going to, uh, be raising funds, uh, soon. And we're going to be starting a fundraise, um, soon as well. Uh, and that, and that is going to be, um, and that is going to be financing. The construction of our next site in Malaysia. Um, so, um, um later in the year, uh, in the 2022. We're going to be constructing and setting up a site um, in in Malaysia, and that's going to be our big commercial plant. Um, and after that, we're going to be setting up more and more sites. Uh, our engineering is very modular, so once the first site up, once the first site is set up, we'll be able to scale up very quickly. And uh, but but the the very next direct step is uh, the first commercial site. The step afterwards would be. Um, Kind of copy pasting these kind of sites um, next to each and every palm oil mill in malaysia and in indonesia uh, we really have the, the vision to to grow up quickly uh, and aggressively and in order to do so we are designing our technology to be very modular so that as i mentioned we can have one of our sites next to each and every source of waste in this part of the world and that's really how we feel we can uh, grow quickest
0: very cool and i guess i also want to talk about what a lot of probably current students are thinking about when you know whether they're thinking about launching their own company or joining ivc doing that whole process so when it comes to finding a co-founder or working with other people to to build a company what um, what do you think is the best way to find someone to start start something with?
1: Yeah, it's it's a good question. I think that might be the hardest part of setting up mm-hmm. a venture, uh, uh having a co-founder that that you can work with. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, through the IVC, uh, I think the IVC, IVC is uh, an amazing test bed to to work very intimately uh, and closely with a potential co-founder and it puts you under a lot of stress and you can kind of see how you're working together and so that i think is is, is great and so that's that's also how i did it um and eventually the the you know going back to the startup bootcamp camp that we that kind of kind of started our, our our inseac journey now that's where i also met my co-founder um, yeah. and getting actual experience and working with the co-founder, before actually committing to each other is, is very important uh, the different things in my my co-founder Michael uh, you know we're working together really well and we that uh, we are uh, you know it's, it's almost finding a you know finding a, a life partner right if you're dating mm-hmm. you know the, the other person you know the core values of the other person should be very close to you but it's always also nice to be a little bit different and I think mm-hmm. it's the same for uh, for uh, for a startup co-founder Michael is somebody uh, coming, uh, me coming more from a business and entrepreneurship background. He uh, comes uh, with an engineering background, but also worked at a fast, uh, fast-growing skill up um, And he, he is, uh, you know, uh, uh, he's he, is, um, he has skill sets that are very opposite of mine, but we share at the same time uh, the passion. Uh, the, the for for the environmental impact which is really uh key and core to what we are and in um and uh also shares the same drive and just like things like you know putting in all of our kind of sweat and time into making our this work right uh which is also very important mm-hmm. so we share the same passion but we have different skill sets uh, and we have we had a track record of working together before we actually committed to doing this together. So I think that is kind of the, the ingredients that, mm-hmm. that, are, that, that are important for finding a co-founder and, and in terms mm-hmm. of actually INSEAD. So yeah, you can, uh, what I remember for at INSEAD, uh, there were also entrepreneurship clubs, you know, so you pitch your idea, uh, see if people are interested in the same ideas as yours, ask them, Hey, do you want to do this together? And then, you know, see, and, and, and you know consider it kind of a trial period you know see how it goes if it goes well you know Mm -hmm. take a next step and uh, see how far you can get
0: and you mentioned putting everything that you have into this and kind of being aligned with your co-founder on that and you've done this twice now the entrepreneurship lifestyle so what are some of the the pros and cons for people who actually actually want to know the reality of what it's like
1: yeah (laughs) yeah so i mean um, maybe starting with the cons uh yeah the lifestyle as an entrepreneur is uh, sometimes quite tough, right? Um, uh, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, you need to be comfortable with uncertainty. Um, I've also closely seen other people trying this, uh, coming from a corporate background and they thought they could do it, but uncertainty is, is a big, uh, yeah, it's always there, right? So things can happen. There's, there's some crazy crises that we didn't know about. Um, tomorrow or there's some some pandemic or whatever uh the pandemic should be fine but something like a black swan event you know you're kind of done right and all the years that you're putting into basically um out of the out of the window um and if you have a job then you know you have a regular job you know you have your salary and stability um so you need to be comfortable with the uncertainty you need to be comfortable with having a, a lower lower salary or even no salary uh for a while um which is you know actually unfair in a way but it's it is the way it is um um, and you know being comfortable not taking a salary for a while and that's what we did initially is part of it right and um you know in in this case you need a bit of savings to to be able to finance that uh on on the other hand though uh, and, and maybe just to continue with the kind of the, the cons uh, and you need to be comfortable with, you know, we're doing uh, um, NCI reunions with some of my friends, uh, all former classmates. And, you know, they're all having the, the fancy um, McKinsey lifestyles. And uh, there's as <laughs> I mentioned I think, to you before, and they're nice cocktails in a rooftop terrace. You know, you got to also understand that you, you can't always, get, you know, keep up with these guys. And, uh, and you need to be comfortable with that. Uh, At yeah. the, the other hand, though, you know there are so many great things about the entrepreneurship life. It's a it's a big adventure. Um, um, you know, you you get to meet so many interesting people. You know, t- today I was meeting you know, like a very interesting group of investors, for example, and then I was talking to uh, uh, th- th- that's one that we were like a uh, you know, very wealthy uh, family office. And I was talking to uh, uh, shrimp farmers early in the morning, and you know now we're doing this podcast, so my day is really um, full of very different, but very interesting uh, experiences. And I think that's just really cool. Um, so, it, and also in our case, we're doing something that's good for the world. Uh, we're producing a protein that's carbon negative, which is I think very, very unique in the world, even compared to cell-based meat, plant-based meat. So it's very rewarding to be working on a project that has a big environmental impact. And that's, so that's specific to what we're doing, right? Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also rewarding for me, for example, and I know Michael, my co-founder shares it as well to see the growing team, having a, a team that really passionate is really passionate about, uh, what everybody is doing. Uh, seeing my colleagues, um, uh, share the passion, uh, that we have as well is, is really nice, right? Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, it's a responsibility, but it's also very rewarding. Um, and of course, uh. Yeah, you know, we are uh, environmentally environmentally driven, but it's still um, a real world business and a profitable business. So there's of course the upside um, of um, of an exit down the road, mm-hmm. or when when things are successful.
0: And you guys are expanding really quickly, obviously your team and then into different locations in Southeast Asia as well. What do you see as your vision for NCACT in the next, if you could say, ten years?
1: Yeah, so it's, um, uh, so the, the bigger bigger picture uh, of kind of the, the macro picture, the macro picture is that uh, we are addressing the protein population gap. Uh, the populations, uh, the protein sources around the world are in decline uh, or they are limited. Soybean production in South America has only a certain amount of land there and can really be expanded. Um, fisheries are, 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 are way beyond a healthy and sustainable capacity of the oceans and fisheries, the oceans are being depleted. Um, so that is our larger vision, right? So we're creating a protein out of waste, addressing the the, the huge demand and future demand and pressure uh, on the world's protein sources. Um, so sp- specifically on, on else as a business, how we're gonna be tackling that and where we ex- expect to be in the next years. Um, and as I mentioned, we're taking waste from palm oil meals And it's our vision that we're going to be next to each and every of the many hundreds of palm oil mills in Southeast Asia. If we can achieve that, we're going to be taking away so much emissions um, in Southeast Asia, um, and that is going to be great. Uh, And at the same time, we believe that our protein product is a product that is initially sold into the shrimp feed industry. But there are so many other industries out there that would require healthy and sustainable proteins. Uh, so, not just aquaculture, not, not just animal feed, but we also believe that on the real long run, uh, humans will also uh, start eating uh, uh, more sustainable proteins, including insect protein. Right now, there's not a lot of acceptance, but I'm sure uh, in, in the generation to come, that's going to change a lot.
0: Well, definitely me, and I know everyone uh, at INSEAD is very excited to see. Uh, what intiac does, um, we'll definitely be following it. One one thing I wanted to ask is if you uh, if you were just starting out at Intiact, what what advice would you give yourself? I think a lot of students who are who are just starting out, prospective students, um, always like hearing kind of what people who've started their own companies or what people who have graduated a few years ago, um, kind of looking back, what they would say to themselves.
1: Yeah, so I think um, one of the things that I asked the same question to to a previous uh, MBA student, a previous alumni, uh, before I was entering the program, and he said that, and especially from entrepreneurial angle, he said that if you have, uh, if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur during INSEAD, it's only ten months, right? So you need to do your homework before you get into INSEAD. So my insect idea, I started researching it and reading up about it for a couple of months already before I before i started the program so i was a bit more prepared i think that also helped maybe formulating the, my idea to start a bootcamp camp and ivc and, and having that understanding to of the industry to attract some teammates uh, so i think i was really happy with that advice to uh, before you enter and say i really know what you want to be focusing on and in my case in my case i was quite focused on the entrepreneurship angle. Um, uh, of of a potential post mba career right um, and, and i think that is um, that is a very good tip for for anyone who wants to do this you know prepare before and once you're at ncap you know be uh, be really focused on the thing you want to do uh, don't be you know don't try to be a popular guy or girl in your class um, and don't be you know don't you know don't get distracted, you know, do the things you really care about, do the things you want to be doing, have fun, right? Uh, be social, you know, so you get a lot of nice contact because your classmates are going to help you later on. But, but uh, yeah, find the right balance between having a good time, but also being focused.
0: But obviously, like you said, INSEAD is is 10 months. And I mean, I think for people who want to do much more structured careers, it's a lot lot easier to, to make that switch or go into that field. But what do you think that INSEAD can do to get students more involved or excited about you know, taking a risk with, when it comes to entrepreneurship?
1: Yeah. Um, so in, in my particular journey, uh, we won the IVC after, in our first, uh, basically in our, our second period in our P2, right? So that's a couple of months after. And I think most of the, the IVC winners are winning it in there basically before they graduate. So I got lucky because I had, we had half a year to to think about uh, getting more traction on our project before we actually graduated. So it's like half a year free time. Uh, we're doing our MBA and in the meantime, we can start working on our project, which is great. Uh, but most of the time, if you go through the IAVC, it's just before your graduation. And I think that is too short. Um, uh, if you win the IVC, that's not going to be enough traction for you to be able to raise money and uh, to get a salary out of that in, in case you need the, the financial support. And so I'd say maybe figuring out a way for students to to, to nail down their ideas earlier so that they can, they can work on their... Entrepreneurial journeys more intensively throughout the program and not just at the ending. Uh, and, and second thing is is financing, right? Like it's very hard, and many entrepreneurs or potential entrepreneurs don't set up the startups because they basically need to have the salary. So if there is some sort of financial assistance there, that would be, I think, uh, quite convincing for many potential entrepreneurs. And Maybe lastly, um, I think that. Uh, it, You know, you have a lot of professors that are teaching entrepreneurship, uh, and they've been, they've been. You know, you have PE professors as well that are very, very well, very experienced in how to set up businesses and how to run, how to raise a big series B and C. But getting a a startup off the ground, the first year is actually, I think, the hardest. Convincing people of your idea when you have nothing, when you're just two two people in in a PowerPoint. Um, that that is going to be uh, a really uh, uh, tough thing, and I think getting a bit more support on that is going to be really uh, could be very key to many many uh, sorry my is getting. Um, so that that support of understanding the first year um, before you raise funds or while you raise funds is I think very important, and having experienced entrepreneurs and uh, who have raised funds straight after MBA. I think would be very helpful, Um, and maybe that's one thing Insiad could do a little bit better.
0: Definitely. And to wrap things up, uh, I'd love to end it on a fun note. Um, Could you tell us your favorite Insiad memory?
1: Uh, Okay. Well, um, I think you know winning the IVC was obviously a highlight, right? So because we worked so hard for it, we 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 won that. So that was just a really great time. But I think you know. uh, I think because of my 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 experience as a student was quite funny because just a few weeks before uh, I entered the program, I had a kid, so my wife uh, delivered just a couple of weeks before. So I, when I was, my kid just walked in, so uh, he's basically <laughs> as old as my MBA MBA program. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I um, I that that is one of my kind of fun memories, just him growing up in Fonti for a year. Uh, fontaine and singapore for a year during the mba and kind of juggling between being just being a, a dad and and uh, and doing the mba program i think was just um uh was uh was really fun uh, other fun memories you know like i think we we went to uh, vietnam once because one of our classmates um uh, got married there and just quickly one weekend we all went to vietnam and a party for a great weekend went 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 to see uh wedding and, and then just got back so you know, there are many nice many nice memories uh, for, for my for my right. time at yeah.
0: definitely the travel experiences is a highlight and i think we're all trying to make the most of that especially with you know having no travel yeah. or That's not fun. so much travel over the last couple of years so um hopefully things will get better in the next few months as we continue to move forward
1: yeah let's hope so yeah. let's hope so
0: yeah well, thank you so much, Tim, for being on the podcast. And we are definitely all rooting for you and for NCAct.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Anjum. And uh, if anyone's listening from the INSEAD, um any NCAct students are listening and if they're interested in either doing an internship or even a, a post-MBA position, um, you know, everyone feel free to reach out to me. Uh, there's, uh, we're going to be hiring soon. And um, also for internship positions, we did it last year. And that was really great. Uh, And so, if anyone's interested in doing that, Uh, more than welcome to reach out to me.
0: Friends, thank you for listening to the Ideas in Motion podcast. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for more episodes soon. And if you liked this one, please share it with your friends, classmates, and family. Signing off, I'm your host, Anjum Rangwala.